Profiles in Teaching with Technology is a podcast series created by Music First, a company dedicated to providing world-class cloud-based tools, content, and classroom management platforms to music teachers around the world. Each episode features a K-12 music educator who uses technology to enhance their teaching in innovative ways. We'll discuss the what, why, and how of their technology integration and hopefully share some teaching strategies that you can use in your own classroom. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. There you'll be able to find out about all of our platforms, as well as sign up for a free 30-day trial. Dr. Adriana Marshall began her career in education in 2003 in New Orleans Parish Public Schools. She earned her master's degree at the Peabody Conservatory of Johns Hopkins University. In 2013, Marshall earned her PhD in music education at the University of Florida, Gainesville. Currently, Dr. Marshall works for the Kansas City Public School District as the District Coordinator of Fine and Performing Arts K-12. She is passionate about providing students with an equitable and quality fine arts education. Dr. Marshall is excited to share innovative educational technology research and new teaching strategies for K-12 teachers. During her downtime, Dr. Marshall enjoys creating arts and crafts projects, bike riding, and relaxing at home with her husband, two young daughters, and her poodle. Well, this week, everyone, I am very, very excited uh, to have Adriana Marshall with us. Adriana uh, is a very impressive uh, music uh, uh, music teacher, music educator, and is doing wonderful things uh, in the Kansas City public schools. Uh, and our director of support and training, Jay Mateko, is like, you have to interview Adriana. So I'm sorry it's taken this long, Adriana, but thank you so much for being with us on the podcast. Oh, thanks for inviting me. And I really love hanging out with Jay and talking to her. She's so funny. Uh, she, uh, they're great. Um, so what what I like to start off every podcast with is people getting to know a little bit about you and your career path. So if you wouldn't mind, uh, you know, rewinding back to, you know, when you first decided, I think I might want to be a music teacher and then go over the various, you know, positions that you've had over the years up to your present role in Kansas City. Oh, OK. Well, I attended an HBCU called Xavier University of Louisiana. Very cool. And I was a music major. In fact, my scholarship was funded by a famous local rapper in New Orleans. Do you mind saying who that is or we keep that on the down low? It was Master P. Oh, wow. Very cool. Yes, he was um, funding uh, music um, for Xavier and other de- other departments at the university. And so... Um, Matter of fact, that was the only university I applied to. Wow. Yes, I wanted to be there so bad coming from Kansas City. Um, So I graduated and I was a music liberal arts major with a minor in business administration. Oh, very cool. (laughs) Yes. And I, I got my first job from actually a gig. I was playing viola for a wedding and i met this other um african-american violin player and you know i don't we didn't see too many of those right um and we just went to lunch and she was saying hey i'm moving on do you want my jobs 
Oh, wow. Sure. Great. <laughs> That's amazing. Great. And then I said, well, what do you do? <laughs> yeah. He said, well, I am an orchestra teacher in the public schools, and I also do some tutoring um, for theory for elementary school. And I was like, well, I think I can do that. So she introduced me to the right people and I had an interview and I got the job. So I was an orchestra teacher in Orleans Parish. So pre-Katrina. Oh, wow. All right. Yes. And um, I actually became a Suzuki violin teacher. That was the big gig. Oh, wow. It was the big push for the district at that time. And even though I played viola, you know, I just... You know, went through the motions of getting um, registered as a Suzuki teacher, and it was lovely. I was, um, I taught pre-K and kindergarten at both schools, and then I taught upper elementary at others. Um, At that time, there was a lot of elementary schools, and so I was spread pretty thin as the other orchestra teachers were, but um, we definitely had a great time and I met a lot of great, great music educators while I was in New Orleans. Yeah. And you want me to keep going? Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, were you there for Katrina? I evacuated, but I was living in New Orleans. I was living in Harahan. Okay. And And were you, were you teaching music at that time? Yes. And yeah. Tell us about what that, I mean, I'm sure I, I know it might not be, uh, the the most pleasant topic to talk about but i know that um i mean obviously the the devastation was was pretty horrendous uh i can't imagine what it was like to be a teacher and so you where were you evacuated to no i well my sister um i have a sister we were roommates in Uh xavier and she was actually living in houston and so I called her. I said, "Hey, there's this tropical storm coming." Right. She's like, "I was like, I don't know." She's like, "Oh, mom and dad would kill you. Just come here for a four day weekend." Right. So. Wow. <laughs> I packed up my viola. This is insane. My mink coat. Oh, there you go. I don't know why I had <laughs> one down there. <laughs> and some, I had some teacher stuff in my trunk, and I just, I just like, I left. I didn't bring like a social security card. Right. Or- nothing. An insurance document, like none of that. I just got on the road, like right, just to away. just for a weekend away, and you had no idea what was in store for your city. No idea. Oh, wow. No idea. And actually, two weekends before that, I just got back from a trip of a lifetime. I was backpacking through Europe for forty days. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> and just trying to come back before the school year began. You right. Know? Right. Yeah. Oh my. So yeah. then, so then, I mean, I'm, I'm imagining, uh, so did you move, did you move permanently out of New Orleans after that or what, what happened next? Well, you know, I'm with, I'm at my sister's house using up all her resources, right. <laughs> still wearing my club clothes. <laughs> <laughs> and then she just told me, she's like, honey, we're going to JCPenney's. Like you just got to get shorts and a t-shirt. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. Um, yeah. And just trying to, call people every day if people's phones were working just trying to figure out what people were I went down to the estro dome making signs looking for my friends right um and i don't i think i stayed there about a month and a half and i know there was like opportunities for teachers to trans- transition into working in the i was in houston right 
but I just thought, you know, I'm just going to, I'm just going to go home. So I just got in my car and, and, and drove to Kansas city. Oh, so that's where you're from originally. Yes. Oh, I did. Oh, very cool. All right. Yes. So, so you just made the move and didn't look back and, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that, you know, I, I, it was, it was obviously for anyone that was around, uh, when that, when, when Katrina happened, uh, we, where I taught in New Jersey, um, we had a whole bunch of kids who were, who, who basically lost their homes in Katrina and, uh, and moved to New Jersey to start a new life with their families. And they did, that was it. I mean, I can't imagine, I know that this, this podcast has taken a sharp right turn and I don't want to harp on it, but, um, so then you, you got to Kansas city and you started teaching strings there. No. All right. Let's hear it. I just started kind of um, taking classes. Like I took some classes at UMKC because I was not done with my alternative certification oh, right. in Louisiana. Uh, I started playing with um, a local group, the Lee Summit Symphony. I started taking bass guitar lessons, just doing things that right. I wanted to do. And then um, I decided that I would I would like to pursue a master's degree. So I started preparing myself and like audition tapes and all that jazz and essays. And um I ended up moving out to Baltimore to go to the Peabody Conservatory. Oh wow. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I was there for two years as a music education major. And um I taught um strings oh my gosh and first grade recorder oh my yeah every teacher's dream (laughs) i mean my teeth were just gonna crack those molars in the back oh Uh. (laughs) (laughs) and i taught a little choir class and it was episcopal school that was that was providing fine arts lessons for kids who went to the baltimore public schools oh wow very good so i did that and then it was the crash of 08. And I was yeah. like, well, I'm either going to get a job or keep going. And I just like, you know, I'll just keep going. So I, you know what, Jim, I almost moved to New York. Wow. I, yes, I, I applied to some doctorate programs and I got accepted to Columbia. But University of Florida gave me a great deal. And they're like, you're going to be ABD in three years and you're going to get a job. I was like, oh, well, you know what? I guess I'm coming. So very cool again and just drove down to Gainesville, Florida and became a gator in the swamp. I was in the swamp. (laughs) First football school. First football school. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. And it's a huge campus too. I mean, it certainly was. um, And I, I, they offered me a pre-doctoral, like a, a summer program, right. Research program. So I got there early and just kind of got settled and I took some classes like over the summer. And so I had just started meeting with my professors and formulating my, my ideas. Like I wanted, I was very focused on graduating. Yep. Yep. And so year three, I was ABD and I got a pre-doctoral, I mean, a, a doctoral fellowship, underrepresented doctoral fellowship program at Western Illinois University. And this was a really cool program because it will like help you with your research. And if you finish, then you're 
automatically offered a tenure track position. Wow. Yes. So. I'm getting a good education here. That's amazing. <laughs> so I actually eloped that summer. Oh, look at you. That's great. Yeah, because I just got IRB approval. So we basically got married at the courthouse across the street from the library, which uh -huh. was my home. And um, we moved to Macomb, Illinois. Wow. Yes. And um, so basically, I, you know, I taught some classes as a, a graduate assistant at University of Florida, like string tech and um, music for the classroom teacher. And so um, at the university, I was just teaching one class. I was co-teaching and just working on my my research, like working on the running the, the, the experiment and writing up the results. Yeah. So finished in time and I Great. graduated and we stayed in Macomb and I started my, my first professorship at Western Illinois university as a um, music education faculty member. Wow. Mm -hmm. Now, how did you get from there to Kansas city? Well, um, I did. I was there for four years okay. and I, I wanted to, I was I was homesick. We we did not live too far from Kansas City, about five hours. Okay. And so I was going back a lot and seeing my dad, he was not he was ill, you know. Yeah. And um he ended up passing away. And I just felt like it was kind of it was my time to make some changes for me. Right. And so me and my husband Jason, we moved to Kansas City. And we had two babies. Oh my goodness. <laughs> That's very cool. But boys, girls, both? Two, two girls, two little girls. Um, and what are their names? Because maybe one day they'll hear this. Well, the oldest, her name is Montana. Oh, that's nice. And the youngest, her name is Monroe. Well, Montana and Monroe, you have a rock star mom. And I'm sure your dad's pretty cool, too. So, uh, yeah. That's, <laughs> uh, so you move back. I have two girls as well, Adriana. I've got Abby and Izzy. Uh, but they're oh. all they're all grown up now. But um, girl, dad. Yeah, I, I love. I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, it's great. So, how long have you been in the Kansas City Public Schools? And did you just start as an administrator there, or were you a teacher there first? Like, how did that whole thing come about? I was a teacher. I was a teacher. I had. I started a consulting company called Marshall Educational Consulting, and mm -hmm. I started writing. Um, K-12 online music classes. Wow, cool. And um, so I did that while I was um, pregnant. And then I had the baby. And I was like, ooh, I am not a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, yes, I got to walk around the neighborhood with my poodle. I have a toy poodle on the right, right. I was like, ooh, I did not get a PhD to sit at home. Right. Um, um, I, I went to this event, this community event, and I met, I met this administrator. His name is, um, Dr. Daryl Davis mm -hmm. for Kansas city public schools. And he was like, are you ready to teach in a district? And I was like, I think so. And then he, um, he asked me for my resume. We talked on the phone and he's like, I think there's a lot of positions that you're pretty qualified for. There's one in particular, but there's this field. But he's like, you know what? I think it'd be a great idea if you just 
got a teaching position, a, a music teaching position, and just kind of see where we're at and, and the things that we need to work on. Right. Because he's like, you just, you know, at this point, you've taught every different level and you would know a lot of, about that. Right. And so I had applied for a part time. It just said part time middle school music. And then I found out it was part time band. And I said, well, this is scary. <laughs> and then they're like, we would like you to be a full time middle school instrumental music teacher. Wow. And I was like, this is totally different than what I had been doing. And I was like, but it would be a challenge. And so I, I, I accepted the offer and I started teaching. So this was in 2017. Okay. Yeah. So I taught, um, I had like a hundred person band, a hundred person orchestra um, that I built over three years. And then, um, you know, I applied for the coordinator fine arts, the district fine arts coordinator position and I interviewed like soon as the school shut down, like the pandemic, right? You know, March, April, and um, I got the job, and I started remotely that July. Wow, nothing like starting in uh, the worst possible case scenario. <laughs> <laughs> I think your the previous administrator got out just in time and just said, "Here, it's all yours now." <laughs> no, actually, he left a whole year before. Oh, okay, all right. So they were, they were like making the job description. It is a crazy, my job description is insane. I'm, it is a lot. All right, let's hear yeah. it. I'd, I'd love to know what your role is, uh, you know, as the fine arts coordinator. Well, um, so I, first it was fine arts and PE, but now oh it's just fine arts. Okay. So happy for that. And so I, I'm the district coordinator for music, visual arts, dance, and theater K-12. Wow. How yeah. many schools are there in the district? Um, right now we have about 31, 32. Okay. And mm -hmm. how many music teachers are there? Do you do you know that offhand? We have about 50. Okay. And you're in charge of all of them. So you have to do all the regular administrator stuff of 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 uh of observing. Uh, I'm sure you go to lots of concerts. I'm sure that your uh, your schedule is packed around uh, winter concerts, spring concert time. You're 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 probably rarely home. Yeah, I yeah. mean, <laughs> it's a big I, district. That 31 schools and uh, 50 plus teachers. That's a lot of people to to watch. Oh, I know. I I love when like a high school has all of their performances on one night, like the band orchestra and choir. Right. Yeah, but that never happens. Right. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it is kind of hard. I just try to rotate. You know, try to go to some of them end up playing or performing like off campus if there's something in the daytime. Right. Um. I've even kind of popped around, like went to the first part, then during the intermission left and then get to the other school and went to like the last part. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I it's just I don't think a lot of uh, music educators realize when you're in a district uh, as large as Kansas City, um, you know, that you're you have to do that because you you want to get FaceTime with every single one of your music teachers, you know, probably more than once a year. Um, and to do that, it's just a massive amount of time and driving around and zooming from one school to the next. 
Um, yeah, amazing. And by the way, Adriana, I have to say that your uh, your kind of journey has probably got the most mileage on it of anyone I've ever spoken to. You know, go starting from Kansas City, then Louisiana, then Houston, then I think I got Western Illinois, then uh, then Kansas City. Well, I I, no. So went. Uh, no, I'm Gainesville, Florida. Like I, 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 I taught in I taught in Gainesville, so I taught at I taught in County. All over the place. That's just yeah. incredible. What a great, what a great experience, uh, and 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 in in a in a really diverse set of of uh, environments as well. All very different places, I'd imagine. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And then you know, being able to start from pre-K and then you know, then work on the collegiate level and sit on juries, yep. you really get a, a clear picture of what a music major should be prepared to do. Yep. Yeah. Amazing. Just very, <laughs> very, I, I love, uh, I love your backstory. It's super cool. Um, so I would love to um, turn the discussion now to uh, music technology um, I know that uh, Kansas City Public Schools has a has a pretty nice implementation of of music first stuff, but without talking specifics about about what's there, I'd love to get your idea uh, as a string player, as a, a person who's spent time K twenty. Um, what do you think the role of uh, music technology is in in any music program? Well, it's definitely something that you cannot ignore. Mm. You know, and <laughs> I I get frustrated when I see worksheets. <laughs> oh my god! Like, yeah, grow up. This is <laughs> with it. Music technology for the Kansas City Public Schools has offered equitable experiences, mm. and I think I really learned that during the pandemic because. What are you going to do when a parent does not want to hear beginning tuba at home but this right. kid <laughs> trying to teach themselves one or two lessons a week or or what does how do you draw at home or you know it's it's so much right. how do you act at home how do you work on all these things um and so what music first did was just, you know, it just opened up the doors because it offered method books. It offered um, being able to hear recordings, you know, being able to have, um, to be honest with you, a, a unified, a unified glossary. Mm. Yeah. Know? No, it's uh, we, we try to be uh, comprehensive so that there's every aspect of music education uh, available, but I I want to go back to the the equitable or or the the kind of equity thing, and I know that Kansas City, like many metropolitan areas, um, has uh, not only a diverse population but a diverse socioeconomic kind of situation as well. You've got you've got you know some parts of the city that are very very affluent, and some parts of the city that are that 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 you know the kids are coming right out of, of poverty, coming to schools. Um, my career actually started uh, out right outside of Newark, New Jersey, in a, in a section called Irvington, New Jersey, which in New Jersey was categorized as a J district, which means the most financially needy, um, you know, kind of the every kid on free and reduced lunch, you know, Title I school, uh, lots of 
lots of issues. Uh, and, and I started my career there. And then my second year, I went to the most affluent school district in New Jersey. And I saw the two kind of the haves and the have nots. And, and really what I learned in those, in that kind of, uh, kind of trial by fire and going from one extreme to the other is that I would have taken the kids from Irvington any day and put them in the the environment of the affluent district because those kids would have thrived. And the kids who the really rich kids that I taught were just jerks. <laughs> and the kids, the kids that I taught in the inner city were just amazing children who didn't have the same opportunities. And when you said that, we're the, what I'm hoping a lot of people understand about what what we do and what technology affords, especially now with you know, free websites, uh, Chromebooks, you know, inexpensive ways to access all the stuff, whether it's music first or any music tech tool, is that we're trying to, what I've been trying to do and my my core mission behind the company was to eliminate the digital divide, period, and to give every kid, no matter where they're from or what their circumstances are, the same really cool music experiences that I had when I was in my teens playing with synthesizers and computers and realizing, you know, hey, I have a creative voice inside of me. I have a composer inside of me. I I, I can learn music this way. I can learn music theory this way. And so I, I'm really happy to hear um, that, you know, that you said that. And it, it's definitely my reason for creating the company in the first place was to try to flatten uh the the music technology access for kids no matter where they're from and and so it's it's really cool to hear and i'm a tuba player uh adriana so i would be that kid uh bringing my tuba home and my mom and dad saying please for the love of pete stop uh that's great so you know what kind of um are all of your teachers using it? Is it is it a middle school, high school thing? Are the elementary teachers using different products? Like what 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 does it look like in in your classrooms in terms of what the tools? Because I'd imagine it's a mix of traditional instruction, like Suzuki teaching Suzuki violins to three year olds. I'm not so sure that throwing technology in the middle of that room while you're teaching them is a good idea at all. Um, but the, the, you know, what, what is, what does the technology look like across the district it, specifically for your music teachers? Well, we have um, been selected to be a VIL schools. So we have a Verizon grant. So right now we have um, a few schools that are one-to-one -one iPads. Oh, cool. Um, so that has been awesome too. But before then we, we, we have Chromebooks. Um, we also have, um, with those little hot spots. So make sure that all the students have internet. These are all yeah. the things that we put into place. So we have um, how Music First works in our district is we have Music First for middle school and high school. For the students who are in ensemble classes, I kind of call it like the deluxe. I think it's called Music First Ensemble. Yeah. But they have, you know, sight singing factory they have practice first um so all the things they would need to be able to have very strong um dictation oral and, and music literacy yeah um and composition because they they do have soundtrack and oh, so cool. then the the students who are taking a music class as far as like a music appreciation mm -hmm. they have like old generator and they have um 
focus on sound. Yep. So they still get a really good. They get um, a bit of everything. Yeah. 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 And so that's kind of how we have it set up. But there is, I did give some um, accounts to our, we have an elementary alternative school mm-hmm. called Knots. And we have a wonderful teacher there named Emily Braverman. And she really wanted the kids to learn how to make their own music. She thought it is something to help heal their souls. Yep. And so she has an account and those kids are having a blast. They have a microphone, they have some MIDI keyboards oh, and they're great. off and running. So that school also has a music therapist and an art therapist and a music wow. teacher and an art teacher. So we're using music to, we're using the fine arts to just really help to cultivate these kids and make yep. sure that they're, they're still getting, you know, while they're working on their other issues that they're, yep. you know, so it, it's been wonderful. Um, we had a really good professional development this um, school year and we had two music first coaches to come out. Oh, that's right. Marjorie and Jay came out. Yes. Yeah. I wanted to do that one, but, but Jay and Marjorie like, no, we're going. So I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't there for that. I forget why, but uh, you, you got two of our very, very best people there. That's great. Yes. And I really liked the way the, the sessions went because it was like part one, part two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so while one presenter is doing that part of it, then we also have a floater going around and helping. That's great. The teachers. Um, and so that has actually boost um, usage. And so I'm really happy that we did that. But, you know, I just let the teachers know this, this program music first is like, you know, you got the best, you have the best digital platform. I appreciate that. Yeah. And so they um they appreciate it and they use it. And That's and the, the kids are enjoying making music and learning music and being able to take their devices home and continue to learn music and to continue to even you know, show things to their their parents. Hey, I just wrote this song. What do you think? You know, um, to just be able to have that i just think it's it's just it's it's life-changing yeah i i think that it can't be overstated in my opinion that giving a a student and it doesn't really matter the age but in my opinion you know it, it it should be done sooner rather than later giving students the opportunity to explore their creative voices is where schools need to be um, and with uh, the advent of artificial intelligence and all this chat GPT stuff, which I've been obsessed with for the last year, um, <laughs> you know, the, it, we're going to have to change the way we assess kids. We're going to have to change the way we deliver instruction. All that's coming. It's like a tsunami of artificial intelligence coming. But nothing replaces the experience of a kid creating something whether they're just stitching loops together they're recording themselves whatever they're doing but when they hear it played back and they get that feeling of wow i made that uh and then playing it for their friends for their parents for their you know guardian for whoever they're playing it for um is a really special and life-changing experience so your alternative school i can imagine is just as powerful for those kids as a high school senior who's planning on being a music major um 
you know, I had that opportunity when I was a teenager and I know how special it was for me. Uh, and I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that, uh, that, that kids are, that, you know, especially a tool like Soundtrap or whether you, any device, any kind of music creation tool like O-Generator, anything that's out there um, really gives kids a, a boost of self-confidence, of self-worth, of a sense of agency. They really feel like they're invested in, I'm a composer. There's How cool is that if you hear a kid say, you know, I, I, I write music? Um, it, it's a pretty special thing. So I'm, I'm really happy to hear that. Well, you know, we are a music city deemed by UNESCO. Absolutely. I, you know, we really take that seriously. And, and you know how I feel about creation or someone creating something. It is intangible. What's in your head is intangible. Mm -hmm. And I think that's probably my biggest lesson from Hurricane Katrina is, you know, I could just keep. I have I have a mind. I have a musical talent. I I can just use that to rebuy things. Yep. Like I I I still have my mind. Um, and I remember you know when I started teaching on the collegiate level in 2012, I I started making um assignments differently too, because it's not the way we grew up where. You know, you're kind of awarded. We were kind of awarded of the process of research, going to the library, um, using microfiche, you know, all these little things that kids don't do anymore. Yep. You know, and so how how do you grade a student? How do you know if a student actually knows the content area? So I can give you an example of that if you want me to. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. <clears throat> so I... I taught a general education class, you know, gen ed. So these right. these kids aren't music majors, you know. And so, I, you know, that's kind of always how they kind of walk in. Like, what, what is, how hard what is this? Be? Like, right. <laughs> how boring is Bach going to be? But I was doing American pop music. I'm like, we're about to jam out. Yeah. I don't <laughs> so when we're going over um, the creation of the blues, you know, we go over all the main points, the key players and all that. And then we talk about, 12 bar blues we talk about um you know the how you create the lyrics for a blues song and so what i ended up doing was you know getting some tracks teaching them you know how to form their lyrics and they had to actually create their own song and so all that day they could they could just present it in class or they can record it right if they're too embarrassed they can send me the recording and it, it became like something the whole university would look forward to. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That's fantastic. I, mean, I ended up, um, I, the class was already, I was already kind of doing music technology. So it was already hybrid, but right. I ended up making a, a full online version. And um, I, so now I'm getting students from all over the country. I'm getting older students. There was this older gentleman and he was, he just loved my class because he felt like he was just going back in history and and learning new things about Motown and, right. and learning new things about the Appalachian Mountains and those musicians. And he ended up, you will not believe this, he ended up hiring a band to play the song, the track, and then he performed it. And then he oh, put in his own harmonica solo. Oh my God, that's awesome. I mean, he <laughs> he was into it. He was into it. I mean, if anyone got an A, right? 
Yeah, that's awesome. But that's but so you know awesome. what? From that, I, he'll never forget. Right. He'll never forget. And I yeah. think we're going to have to think of assignments in that way. We we have to. Yep. No, that's awesome. I love that. Um, so, uh, you know, I don't know how often you get to uh, to go around and see, you know, uh, kids actually using technology or teachers teaching with it. But do you have any idea what kind of projects they're doing? I mean, do you do you get to see any of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, this, the semester's kind of started, but um, we've had a beats competition. All right. And uh, let me tell you something. This was last year, and I might have been a judge in late October, but I just couldn't believe that they, the students could make something so like it was so good like it was like Kanye West good yep um I've had some like we have students who um I've seen some really cool things on flat um I have a middle school teacher who's using the habits book Mm -hmm. tracking the progression of her students and First of all, she has a great middle school band program. She has right. a great band. She has a great jazz band. Shout out to Susan Martinez. All right, Susan. Kind of, yes. Do you know Susan? Because she she listens to your podcast. She she's kind of like my my teacher lead for for music first. People, oh, if you can't okay. get Dr. Marshall on the phone, you call Susan because she's going to help you out. All right, Susan. Uh, I got to get you on the podcast. So if you're listening, uh, I'll be I'll be giving you a ring as well. You gotta get Susan on here All because right. um she like customizes her worksheets in flat. Um she it's like pretty amazing. Like you have some mar- like a mariachi um yep. thing where you focus on sound, and that's like we have a big population of Hispanic students, and so mm-hmm. we get to use that. Um some of our students have learned how to do like podcasts. Very cool. We have three high schools that have music technology course offerings. And so that's at our, we have a performing arts academy called Pasale. And those students, they, um, now they're getting to use their iPads and music first. And so the, oh, <laughs> it's wow. going to be incredible. Yeah. They're just kind of right now, they're just still in the exploration phase of, they just can't believe they have so much access to technology right. at oh, one that's time. Great. Yeah, they just, they're just like, it's like Christmas Day every time I go in, go into a theory class or a composition class, like, or even the music tech classes, they are just so, so excited about what they're doing. Um, And then we have one program. I He sent me the song, they wrote it on Soundtrap. Mm-hmm. Just, it's called like Jazzy Blues and just listening to the kids, like learning how to layer songs and like make it sound good. Right. And I mean, for some of these kids, it's just an innate ability. Yep. Absolutely. They just and have so, to, they just have to be given the, the, the opportunity and the tools to try out and, and they can do it right without often without any, uh, a lot of help from their teachers. It's just something that, they, that is right there that they just needed somebody to help them unlock it. Yeah. Because I think what we have to realize is, as our district is um, purchasing instruments, well, for some of these students, you know, their voices are instruments and other students, their computers are instruments. Yep. And so we just have to make sure that we're meeting the needs of, of all the learners. And I, and I, I would just say, you know, our superintendent has a music degree. 
I don't oh know. Oh my god, know. that is awesome. <laughs> yes, Dr. Collier, Dr. Jennifer Collier. Wow. Yes, and so she she loves what we're she doing. She gets it. She gets she it. She gets it. She yep. gets it. So I mean, I don't have to I don't have to fight or anything. I don't oh, have to explain awesome. stuff. She knows why we're doing the things that we're doing. And and she she's our she's the biggest supporter of our we're actually in a fine arts expansion. So we've put elementary instrumental music back in the school starting in fourth grade. Oh, that's so awesome. We have band orchestra and choir. Um and she's been very um supportive in these music technology classes. And so it's just it's a wonderful situation when we decided that we need to hire over 12 teachers. They the board couldn't believe how easy it was for me to hire teachers. Yeah. But to sure. know it's, a music teacher knowing that their superintendent has a music degree, <laughs> the fine arts coordinator is a musician. You know, yeah, it's just amazing. an easy sale. Yeah. Do you have any openings? Uh, I might be. <laughs> That's fantastic. No, I mean, it sounds like an obviously, uh, it's one of those things where you realize that you're blessed to 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 be in a, in an environment where. Uh, you know, when you have a superintendent that's that's that speaks music, uh, that that is a reason to stay for you know for a career. Um, oftentimes administrators, uh, and I'm not talking about music administrators here, but building level administrators can be, you know, not I, I think difficult's probably a, a word that a lot of teachers would say yes immediately. Can I tell but, you this, and I don't want to cut you off, right. A lot of our principals have music backgrounds. Oh my! Well, yeah, it is Kansas City, so I mean, it's it's in the cradle of jazz, the birthplace of jazz. It's uh, it's, no, it's you pretty. You know what it is? Music breeds leadership. It does. That's oh, it breeds leadership. So yeah. when we have principals who've played instruments from elementary and even played in college, you know, it's yep. it's. It does. I, it, every I, single one of our principals is supporting our fine arts initiatives. They want this for their students. They want it for their school communities. Um, they embrace the changes that we're making. It's it's wonderful. That's awesome. That's absolutely yeah. awesome. Uh, all right. I, I just looked at the clock, Adriana, and I, I see that we don't have a whole lot of time. So I want to make sure I get these last two questions in if I can. The first one is um, what advice you would give to other administrators um, who may be on the fence about bringing technology into their program or think it's like a, a fad. I know that, you know, we've been through a, a pandemic where a lot of people, that was the only way they could teach and they might be sick of it. But I'd love to hear like, because, um, you know, just talking to you this little brief time, I, I, I think you're going to have a pretty pretty darn cool answer. So what advice would you give administrators who are thinking about putting technology into their music programs? It's worth the investment. I love that. That's great. Because I don't, I mean, it's, I think that with our music first contract, only thing I'm doing is adding more and more licenses because what is done is brought more and more kids to the program. Yep. Oh, that's great. You know, it, it's the, it's like the best investment that you can make in, in children because awesome. you have to see where, you know, society is going and, and it doesn't matter if they're going to become a music major or not, not at all. That's not the point. <laughs> it's not because you know what, if a kid knows that today is the day he gets to present his, his new song, yep. 
He's coming to school for that. Or is he going to take a spelling test? What do you think? <laughs> He's coming to school. And and I think also it, it's, it's breeding a happier child. That's great. You know? And you're also able to you're also able to have a happier staff. For me, yeah. I feel like my big job in the district is to make sure that my teachers have the resources that they need to just do their job. Their job is only hard when they can't, when they don't have the resources they that need. they need. Yep. And, you know, I'm not perfect at it. You know, I'm still working and trying to get things. Um, but I do know that when I walk in the classes and and I'm seeing kids being able to, you know, use practice first to see how well that song sounds. And then, you know, going to another class and they're, they're using flat and they're composing songs or watching the teacher, you know, make some etudes to get ready for a contest. It's just, it's just wonderful. I mean, right. it's just like, this is when you, when I do my walkthroughs and I'm seeing that all in one day, it just makes me know, like I'm doing the right thing. Yep. I'm doing the right thing for for these children, and I'm I'm doing the right thing with the the public taxpayers' money. Yep, you no, know, it's very important. <laughs> it is very important because you know we all know all the things that music can do for a, a child's education, but what what we do know is some of the most successful people are creative ones. Here, here. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> That's awesome. So I, I have one last question for you. I ask everybody, it's the magic wand question. Uh -oh. um, and that is, and, and uh, you know, if if you have an answer, great. If you don't, that's all right too. But uh, if you could wave a magic wand and have music first or any technology, doesn't have to be from us, uh, do something that it can't do now, what would it be? Hmm. Hmm. It's a tough question. I I, I get I get well, that. I, 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 the only the only thing I hear the teachers say that they want is they want to print. <laughs> they want to be able to print. They want to print. All right. No, that's a good one. I have not heard that one before. That is that's going to go right on the top of the pile, Adriana. Yes. They want to be able to print. Yeah, I get it. Well, I get it. well, just think we have new teachers. We have some brand new teachers straight out of you know their music ed programs, yep. and so. They're looking at um, the method books that we have in paper. And they're like, oh, I didn't really use that one. I was like, well, go inside practice first and, and see if, if there are some other method books that you're familiar with. And so yeah. they see them. And then, you know, a week later, I'm getting an email. Hey, can I get a copy? Like, I want everything. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, I just, if oh, anything, good one. more of you. They just want more of 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 that just right. you just love the the whole platform um that's awesome i i you should if, if i know we don't have our videos on right now but uh, i have a giant smile on my face so that, I, I appreciate that <laughs> very much adriana unfortunately i could talk to you for another two hours i think you're you're a dynamic passionate fantastic music educator i now know why jay has been prodding me for a year to get you on the podcast you're you're the, the district is very lucky to have you. The teachers are very lucky to have you. So uh, 
Um, I, I wish you nothing but the best, continued success, and and I am going to come out to Kansas City and visit in person because it sounds like you have an absolutely fantastic program out there. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us on the podcast. I very much appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me, and thanks for highlighting um, the Kansas City Public Schools because, like I said, we fine arts is it's part of the recipe for success. Definitely. Absolutely. Awesome. Adriana, you have a great school year and I hope to see you soon. I will see you soon. Somehow All you right. know, to the office in New York and you weren't there either. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm kind of everywhere. I'm always, I'm always traveling somewhere, but it, I feel it, like it I'm was stalking you now, Jim. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, we're going to make it happen. Adriana. I'm, again, thanks so much for being with us. Appreciate it. Thank you. Take care. Thank you for listening to Profiles in Teaching with Technology from Music First. For more information about Music First, please visit www.musicfirst.com. If you would like to stay up to date with other music teachers doing innovative things in their classrooms with technology, please subscribe to our podcast through whatever outlet you listen to podcasts on. Thanks for listening.